welcome to episode 25 of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. It's your boy Anth bringing you in today, and I am joined, of course, by my little bro, Mike. How the hell are you, Mike? It's your boy, Anth. <laughs> Trying something new? Yeah, that's fair. This isn't a basketball podcast. <laughs> Stupid. I'm <laughs> um, good, man. How was your week? It was okay. The yeah. weeks sort of fly by, you know, but I love when February ends because March just has some, it has the, the hope of that good weather's coming. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. It's exciting. It's exciting. Speaking of good weather, you know what I saw this week? I didn't tell you this. I uh, So I live in the city, right? You know, but maybe not everybody knows. I live downtown. Right. And I mean, the ground, it's not necessarily clean. Like, it's snow. On the ground, and I saw some lady walk off the streetcar. She had like a luggage in her hand, and I saw her reach down, pick up some snow, and eat it. What? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was so weird. And then like I was walking in front of her, and I turned around. And I'm like, okay, I gotta just make sure that like, she's not homeless. She was she was probably like a little like foreign, so she was like new to the country. It looked like, but she just grabbed a handful of snow and started chewing on it. Oh, like how, did you see like a lot before and after? Like, give us more details. Did did she maybe drop something or? No, I, it it was definitely snow. I saw her pick up snow. I didn't want to stare, but it was weird. It was really weird. It kind of threw my whole day off. <laughs> I don't know, man. When yeah. someone's doing some weird shit like that, you're sort of entitled to stare. Yeah, but then, I don't know. I don't know. It was... I needed to share, but it was a little bit... A little off-putting. Weird. I don't know. Maybe her first time experiencing snow. Let's hope there's not too much more of it, though, within the next few weeks. We need the good weather to come back, man. Yes. Yes, we do. The good, the good weather brings playoffs, too. Yeah, there's some unreal races right now. I don't know, like, the most exciting one to me, I think, is that second wild card spot in the East, where it looked like, to me, there was a lot of good teams going for it, and now, I don't know, I, I think that second wild card spot can go to anyone, because a lot of these teams that are fighting for it are in shambles a bit. Like, I mean, you got Carolina, they did what they did at the deadline, great, but... I don't know how they don't go out and address goaltending. That was really confusing to me. Yeah. So they're in the fight. You got the Rangers, who have no Shesterkin now, who carried them for a lot of the season. Well, I mean, not maybe a lot of the season, but lately, with that 9-1 record, he was unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just lost Kreider. So what happens there? Columbus just lost Merzlikens. And it seems like they're spinning out of control here. Like, the injuries just mount up. It seems like they just can't hold on. You know, and then you got Florida, who Bob is just single-handedly trying to ensure that they don't make the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. Bob's been a little bit better lately, but still, you got Florida there. Yeah, it's it's sort of like the team that can keep their shit together the longest here is going to make the playoffs. But yeah, like you said, it's it's just it, it is a really good race. Personally, I'm looking at the standings, and I think that the Islanders will get in. You know, despite their struggles over the last uh, little while, 
Yeah, they're penciled think, into that one spot right now, the first wild card. Yeah, yeah, and and they have 18 games to play still, which is uh, like among the the most because most teams have anywhere from like 14 to 18 remaining. Yeah. If I had to pick the team that's gonna get in right now, I'll say Carolina does do it. But their goal, like honestly, know, between the, between the four, one one spot to those four teams. Yeah, I mean, I guess you got to give the edge to Carolina, but that's what I'm saying. It, Boston's just gonna pummel whoever they play. Absolutely, absolutely. They I mean, are. I mean, you would think, but then again, that's why playoffs, I would have loved like a whole new season. I think they might just run out of steam here, but I would have loved to see the Rangers squeak in and you know have this rookie phenom in net, and then they have a healthy squad, you know, with. Zabanajad and Panarin playing well and Kreider re-signed. I think they might have had some mojo to do something special. But I don't know. I think they might just run out of steam. It would have been really awesome. It's just they've been a really interesting team to watch. You know what? Going into next year, the Rangers are going to be that team that everyone predicts to be in the top three in the Metro. Because they'll have Shesterkin for the full year. You know, they won't have these injuries. They'll have Kako with a year of experience under his belt, and they're going to be like the buzz team that everybody loves. Yeah, potentially a MVP nom for Panarin. Yeah, like they, I, I think so much has gone right there. There's so much reason for optimism. But it kind of scares me because like when a team is so like, you know, everyone's so excited for their, their for their season next year. Everyone picks them to be one of the best teams. I don't know, maybe they fall flat on their face. So that's just something we'll have to see for next year. But it is exciting, and the race is still on. So let's just see what happens. Yeah, 8-2 and two in their last 10. I hope they can keep it going. We'll see. Columbus is in tough right now. They've won only one game in their last 10. Lots of loser points. So they're barely hanging on right now, but they need to get it together quickly. But Carolina, yeah, like I said, Carolina's... They got a plus twenty four goal differential, and I just I think they're a better team than than where they are right now. If they can get some goaltending from either Nadalkovich or Forsberg, we'll see. We'll see. I think they can get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another team, though. Speaking of holding it together, Pittsburgh has lost six in a row. I'm not concerned that they're going to miss the playoffs, but it's crazy to see Philly pass them in the in the Metro there for second place behind Washington. And, like, what's going on in Pitt? What's going on in the Metro? It's like these teams just can't win now. Even Washington's struggling. But with Pittsburgh, I don't know, maybe the maybe the injuries are catching up to them. I mean, you have a healthy Sid and, and Malkin in the lineup. And Latang for that and matter. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't Who know. Knew? I don't know. I think just, just a slump. They'll, I'm sure they'll get it together soon. But Philly's taking full advantage. They've, uh, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10, and playing some great hockey only three points back of Washington for the division lead there could you imagine if we ended up somehow with the Washington Pittsburgh series in the first round as the in the two wow. threes and all that oh man well, that considering be... yeah considering everyone's penciling that in to be your second round matchup like how do we not see a Pittsburgh Washington Tampa Boston second round set in the Eastern right, Conference right which is what I said last week so Put a percentage on that. Put a percentage on that not or put a percentage on that happening. Those two matchups in the second round in the East. Okay, honestly, I think I think it's easy to be like ninety percent. 
because it sure looks like that and it is hard for me to say otherwise but like we know man game one of this playoffs when when it starts it's like a whole new season it's like you completely no matter how are you if you limped into the playoffs or you came in super hot it's almost like everything is wiped out and that's just the way it feels so I want to be like 90%, but you know what? Something's going to change. Someone's going to get upset. So I'm going to say 60%. So yeah, I'm yeah. still giving the edge to those teams, but you know, there's there's a, a reason to believe that someone is not going to be there. Yeah, I agree. It it seems so likely, but it's the playoffs. Crazy shit happens. I mean, we we just saw Stamkos now six to eight weeks meaning that there is a pretty decent likelihood he misses the entire first round and if they do play against the Leafs which is looking likelier every day uh, Tampa Toronto first round uh, losing Stamkos could hurt them yeah but I just think I just think Tampa's too good of a team like they can overcome that and the Leafs haven't really shown that they can fight up against the best teams in the league so I think I'd still give the edge to Tampa but I do want to talk about Pittsburgh a little bit. We we went off of them, and I just I want to bring up that you know since kind of Zucker's been playing with Sid, and they brought in Sheary, they brought in Marlowe, it's all kind of mixed into this slump that they're in. And right now the lines are Sid. Well, the top two anyway have Sid, Sheary, Zucker, and then Malkin, Rust, and Marlowe who played there last game. So I think. Well, for one, I think Marlowe gets a little bit of value playing next to Malkin for sure. And then Shiri and Zucker playing next to Sid. They haven't changed the power play. And maybe maybe that's what they do. Maybe they're kind of fed up six in a row. Like something, they're going to change something. So I think that's a situation you need to monitor because there could be some like lesser players that are in favorable positions you know, given this uh, given this slump they're in, they might shake things up. But right yeah. now, right now you got Shiri there. He's nine percent owned, playing next to Sid. He had fifty three points in sixty one games in the twenty sixteen seventeen season, playing next to Sid. So if he could stay there, I think he's got some value. Right now, he hasn't done much. Pittsburgh's been crap, as we've said, but I think maybe next to him there, we we can see him get some of that touchback, and maybe he can be. Of value to a lot of owners down the stretch here maybe but but given how you approach these last few weeks in fantasy needing guys who are going like would you take you personally would take a shot odd sherry right now no I, not right now i think i would wait to see if he gets it on a little yeah, bit of a heater you want to see something i, I mean you know they're going to shake things up a little bit you don't go into san jose who is not a good team and get blown out five nothing and yeah. do nothing afterwards but I, you know, I'd to be, shake things up. I'd be quicker on the trigger if I see oh Shiri's still playing with Sid, he scored a two, two goals in this game and they won. Like I'd be more open to picking him up just because there's past success there. Yeah, a little, a little scary having even like Jari Murray hasn't been playing well. They just they haven't been getting the goaltending. Murray's last three starts have been not good, and Jari was in net last night. To get pummeled by San Jose, yeah, wow. I mean, not not much you can do if you're holding on to those to those guys. But man, they got to turn it around soon. Thornton's trying to make Marlow miss the playoffs because he's upset that that Marlow got to go to a contender. <laughs> They're not missing the playoffs. 
No, I know, but see that Thornton stuff? I kind of feel bad for him, eh? Yeah, yeah, me too. So I, I saw that he was really hoping to get traded, but was he looking for like a, a few teams? I don't know all the details. Well, they said basically Doug Wilson told him, I'm only going to send you to a serious contender. So there's, that's like, what, six teams in the league maybe? And I guess none of those six teams really bit. So he didn't send them. But, I mean, if you're Thornton, if, if you got to go to a, like a fringe playoff team or like a team like the Leafs that's probably going to get in but might not do any damage, like, I don't know, maybe that was an option and, and maybe well, Doug I mean, Wilson said no. So who if knows? You wanna, yeah, if, you, if you're chasing a ring, you know, you'd, you'd prefer to be with a team like that over... Your team, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly, doing nothing. I wonder, it feels like Thornton could be that guy next year that takes the first half of the season off and then signs with a contender. To just, yeah, chase a I cup. wonder, I, I, yeah, I wonder if that's what happens. Or he packs it in completely, I wonder. Could, but uh, we're giving no love to the West, Mike. That Pacific Division race now, it looks like Vegas is pulling away a bit. Yeah, and as we've been saying all year, I think they are the class of the Pacific. I th- they they are the best team, in my opinion, and I think you agree with me. So I, th- I think they'll hold on to that top spot. But the rest of the race is crazy. Like, we're going to see two Canadian teams play in that first round for sure. I wish it's Calgary-Edmonton, but it seems like Vancouver is going to be one of them. It's just how it's projecting, so... I mean, we'll see, but but that's quite the race. Like, yeah, we the Battle of Alberta would be amazing yeah. there. Two, oh. three. Oh, please. Uh, Vancouver's throwing a wrench in that, but it's it's not uh, out of the realm of possibility. It could definitely happen if Vancouver, you know, loses a few games. I don't know how many times they play each other. Hopefully, a couple times because those would be some pretty key matchups. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg too, Mike. Another. They had a big loss. Or I should say Edmonton had the big win over Winnipeg last night. They're yeah. struggling right now. They're struggling. They they are tied for a spot at the moment, but Nashville has games in hand on them. I, yeah, it doesn't seem like Winnipeg's going to get in. It's just, I think they'll chalk it up to, you know, blame it on Buff. And our defense is really crappy without him there. Which, no. I mean, they've been able to hold on, but, like, Hellebuck's been great, and it's too bad they're kind of, they might waste the season out of him. I, I don't see them making it, but, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't buy that excuse, that Bufflin and whatever, this and that. I mean, you have, they have these uh, great forwards up front, and Shifley, Wheeler, Line, Connor, these guys are all having good seasons, and Hellebuck, like you said, is having a great season. Pionk has emerged. Pionk. I can't help but say that <laughs> every time I hear I know, that guy. Why? <laughs> what is Pionk? I don't know, donkey. Pionk. Pionk. That's Eon. I guess it's similar. I wonder if they ever say that because I do think about that too. I, I don't mean, know, but you guys, uh, you guys that. listening now, next time you hear the name Neil Pionk, just you're gonna Pionk. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I do love Pionk. That guy does everything. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't have an excuse here. They they should be making the playoffs. Yeah, but that's the thing with the West. Every matchup is pretty much up in the air. I don't like. I don't care who it is at this point. How do you predict who comes out of the West? Like, I think that's going to be wild. I don't know. It, it's exactly we were talking about how the second round in the East is like you know you can sort of predict what it's going to look like. But in the West, man, second round. First of all, you don't have no idea who's going to play who yet. It's still a crapshoot, but. The second round, even man, who knows? Pionk. <laughs> All right, 
Um, okay, let's get into the fantasy players of the night, shall we? Sure. We had, in order, Adam Henrique, Connor Brown, Zach Sanford, Marc-Andre Fleury, Bobby Ryan, great story, Claude Giroux, Leon Dreisaitl. Who do you want to start with? Bobby Ryan. That was a another feel-good story, not long after the David Ayer story. Yeah. Coming back from over three months of being on the sidelines in the NHL's substance or alcohol abuse program, second game back, first game in front of the home fans, goes out there and scores a hat trick. Great night. And did you hear his comments afterwards, Mike? Uh, yes, I did hear a little bit, of, but go ahead. Yeah, no, just saying, uh, I thought, so I'm paraphrasing, so it was something along the lines of, I thought I'd be in the, the hockey gods. Oh, he was asked if he believes in hockey gods, and he says, yeah, I thought I'd be in their bad books, though. I, I'm surprised. Something like that, and it, it was just like, it was nice. It made you smile. Yeah. yeah, it was a great story, watching him put up that hattie, you know, like, the NHL has their own version of This Is Us. Like, that was an episode right out of that show. Yeah. Guys, 100 days in the substance abuse program, it's it's way too public. Like, I feel bad for him because everybody knows this guy was an alcoholic. Yeah. And I think it's just a great story. He seems like such a good guy, and I'm happy to see that, you know, coming back. And the guy's playing 20 minutes a night now. I, I love it. I love the story. And from a fantasy perspective, he's got some value right now. He does. Yeah, I think he's like 9% owned. Or I could be making that up and mixing it up with his number. But I I mean, I love the story, and it was nice to see that the other night. Yeah, for his fantasy value, we talk about the Senators, how the players there all have a decent amount of value just because they're all getting equal opportunities. But a guy like Ryan, who, you know, is a feel-good story right now and does have that history of producing, he's going to get the time and... He's getting it now. He's. I think he's got some more points coming. I really do. Yeah, good to see. Okay, let's move on to Adam Henrique. On Sunday night, he had two goals and two assists. I like Henrique, and I think he's a great streaming option on an Anaheim team that seemingly always plays on the off nights. Always. Yeah. So it seems like that every year too. It's not just this every year. single year. Yeah. It's true. Every single year, it's like get a duck because they're always going to be in your lineup. Yeah. Henrique's a, a nice little guy to have in your lineup, especially in the deep league. If you can have him, you know, floating around as a as a like a, an extra forward, like a bench forward, so to speak. He's got that center wing dual eligibility, and he shoots a ton. He's got some value, and the Ducks are playing spoiler right now. They've won. They've beat a lot of pretty good teams. Yeah, and Henrique has six points in his last three games, so a little bit of a heater. On Monday night, trade deadline day. We had Connor Brown scoring two goals against Columbus. Again, Ottawa. There's guys getting opportunity there. You know what's funny? We mentioned Drake Batherson and Josh Norris, and then they they got they got sent down, and I knew they got sent down, but I, I figured we'd still mention them because they'd be called up and play. And then they didn't play for two games. They kept them in the in the minors, and then Josh Norris got called up. He played 20 minutes last game. But I just thought it was funny. I mentioned these guys, and then they're still in the minors. But they'll be up. They'll be up, and they'll get their opportunity. Yeah, so. they will. They will. That's fine. All right, Zach Sanford. He, I think it was Tuesday night. He had two goals, one assist, nine shots, couple hits, couple blocks. Massive we touched on night. this guy in the past. Yeah, yeah. massive night. He's Sanford's I, going right now. I don't. Well, go ahead. I like this guy, and honestly. And then next year in drafts, as a late pick, like. 
I will gladly take Zach Sanford. Because I think the this next wave of blues, like, they're good. Like, your Robert Thomases, Zach Sanford, uh, Kairou. Like, there's some guys there that could be players. And they're pushing those top guys. So, I, I like Zach Sanford. I, I watched a bit of the blues this week, and he, he looks good. He really looks good. Yeah, he does. He's He looks like he's seven feet tall on the Yeah, exactly. He is a big guy. He's a big yeah, guy. He's, he's listed at 6'4". But man, you know, guy a guy who's six four gets on skates. He looks huge out there. And yeah, well, I, mean, I was exaggerating when I said he was seven feet. <laughs> like <laughs> this guy comes back at me with a yeah, he's six four. Like he's the the absolute <laughs> like freaking guy. But another player, he's young, second round pick. He's still reaching his ceiling, and we don't really know where that is right now. He's definitely taken a step this year. He with an increased role potentially next year. And increased ice time, he is someone to watch. Yes, I agree. And then we had Marc Andre Fleury with a 29, uh, 29 save shutout. Marc Andre. No. You gotta stop with the French. How about you respond to me all in French? I don't know how to speak French. You're giving uh, off this super Canadian vibe. We don't really, we don't even know <laughs> French, man. <laughs> it's so true. We had, we we had to take it in school. I only know a few words, but I think I got the accent down to a T. No, if there's yeah. any, listen, our boy Patrick out in uh, out in Quebec, he's listening to that, just thinking, what, what an idiot. No, listen to this one, okay? Claude Giroux. First of all, that name is made to be able to, you know, say it with a French accent. And you <laughs> did a horrible job at that. So Hold on. That's so true. Nobody goes Jerox. Like, say- nobody yeah, exactly. has ever screwed up that exactly. name. Anyway, all right. Let's get get it back on the rails. Flurry, we touched on Vegas. <laughs> this guy. We touched on Vegas. Um, maybe lose my train of thought, man, because your stupidity. Sorry, sorry. Flurry, Vegas. He's sick. They got Leonard in the back. Flurry, first game Leonard comes in. Flurry gets a 29 save shutout because he's yeah. like, this is Fl- my net. Flurry says, that's right. He says, uh-uh, don't even think about it, Bobby. And he exactly. goes up 29 save shutty. He had a ton of highlights from that game, too. He was he was just flopping around like uh, like Hasek, just stopping everything. Who's, hold on a second. Who's Bobby? Bobby Laner. It's Robin. I don't think Bobby's a short form for Robin. Yeah, I know, but, you know, Rob. Rob Laner, Bob, there's something there. All right, Eth. Bianc. So. <laughs> um, that sounds like a drop, but it's you being stupid. <laughs> Giroud, two goals. Philly's going. Giroud's going. You're happy. Uh, yeah. You're happy, happy camper with Giroud right now. Honestly, you're really happy because you were just cursing this guy for four months, and Me? then finally, oh, no, like, like yeah. you plural, the general like, public, like, yeah, whoever had him was like cursing him, like man, he was terrible. Now he's up to forty nine points, a respectable total, still having a little bit of a down year, but he's definitely saved himself. And as flyers are surging, he's leading that charge. So, at a boy, Giroux, at a boy, Claude. And last but certainly not least, the first player to reach 100 points this season, Leon Dreisaitl. 
Two power play goals last night and an assist. He's at 102 right now. He had the fans in Edmonton chanting MVP more than once. Leon, Mike. Leon. Do the Oilers have the two best players in the NHL? I I, I think so, man. I they think do. so. They absolutely do. That's back-to-back 100-point seasons for, for Dreisaitl. He had 50 goals last year. I don't think he's going to reach 50 goals this year, but, man, he might win the Art Ross and even the heart. Heart. <laughs> there, there it is, <laughs> the heart. Yeah. Okay, it's not – this is premature, I think. But if Dreisaitl gets more points than McDavid, he will this year, and if he does next year too, is there going to be an argument that Dreisaitl is the best player in the league? I don't – Man, I don't know. It's like it's so disrespectful to McDavid to even say but it. It's because McDavid's so flashy, but Dreisaitl just is so sick. Dreisaitl, yeah, he doesn't have that same flash, and he looks like Milan Lucic out there. But Yeah, he does. He's, he's like the man, next hunchback. <laughs> but he's so good. Like, his his little pass to, to Nuge last night for the game winner was beautiful. And he does yeah, things like that. He just He's a great hockey player. Yeah, he's um, oh, he's so dirty. It, it makes you like excited for what Edmonton could do in the playoffs. I just, I don't, I don't think they have it right now. But man, if that team doesn't win a cup with McDavid and Drysaitel on it, you screwed up somewhere down the line. If we do get Edmonton Vancouver first round, and I know I keep bringing it back to playoffs, but I'm just so damn excited. So you're gonna hear a lot more playoff talk on the podcast, guys. I'm sorry if you're not liking it, but if Edmonton does play Vancouver, Michael. Yes, Anthony. Give me the winner. Uh, I got to go with Vancouver. I just like the way they're built better. I think they win. Goaltending, they, goal they have the edge. Yeah, I got to give yeah, the, edge they have to the edge to I think, I think they have the edge on D, too. Yeah, Quinn Hughes, man. Quinn Hughes is a player. Yeah, So, and remember the little argument. Actually, little. We had a kind of a big argument in the fantasy, the midseason reward show with the guys. And I said Hughes over McCarr, and you guys said McCarr, all three of you. I think that's a lot closer than people said back then. I even think Hughes might have the edge right now. I'll give you some credit. That that was a good little... It just seemed like McCarr had it locked up. Because he was so hot to start the year, and for the first couple months, that it was just like, yeah, this is McCarr's. Kale McCalder, people were saying, it's it's already done, but... Quinn Hughes got himself back into the race, and I think you're right. I think he's surpassed them. Hughes is probably going to hit 60 points this year. Listen to this stat. There's only been nine defensemen that have put up 60 or more points as a rookie in the NHL. Some of the names on that list, Larry Murphy, Brian Leach, Phil Housley, Ray Bork, Chris Chelios, Nick Lidstrom. He is getting himself into some insane company. Yeah. Old Quinter. He looks like he's 16, too. Yeah, he does. But, man, he's he is going to win some Norrises in the future. But anyway, this wasn't supposed to be a Quinn Hughes appreciation segment. That matchup, back to Edmonton, Vancouver, I would still take Edmonton. Really? I would. I would take Edmonton. I just think Mc, you get McDavid in the playoffs. We saw it once already. He's only been to the playoffs once. And he was on fire. And the, the two rounds they went, and they I believe they lost in Game 7, if I remember correctly, in the second round. 
and they just looked they just looked like they were going to have a serious run and it was on McDavid's shoulders. I I like the thought of what they could do when they get in. Now he's got yeah, dry cycle too. We should um, we should we should mention this. So what we're planning on doing is is bringing Brian Joe and we're gonna have a playoff preview right before the uh, after the regular season ends, and uh, we're gonna have a playoff preview and then we're gonna do a fantasy draft little special before the playoffs start, which which should be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. But I, I do want to talk about the Oilers a bit here. So they acquired Ennis and Athanasiu. And immediately they jumped right into play with McDavid. It looks to be going pretty well. And we've seen Ennis and Athanasiu's ownership skyrocket. Ennis is at 22%. McDavid's at 40... Sorry, not McDavid. McDavid's at 100. We have Athanasiu at 48%. And absolutely, these, these this ownership should keep going up. Because you're playing with one of the... Well, if not one of the the best player in the league... You got value, absolutely, right off the hop. You know what's funny, actually? The first game they played, I was shocked by this. Uh, I think McDavid kind of got checked at the blue line and passed it off to Athanasiu, who I think either Ennis ended up scoring or Athanasiu to Ennis back to Athanasiu. I don't know. I remember who ended up scoring, but it was crazy to me to be like, wow, McDavid just got an assist and he really didn't even do anything. Yeah, that doesn't happen too often. I think he probably was like, oh, my God, I have two guys that can keep up with me, and I just got a point for yeah, doing nothing. Like, yeah. Very rare. But no, he, there's no I, way he – yeah, he's not used to that. He's not used to hearing no. his name called and saying, oh, shit, I got an assist there. Yeah, like <laughs> – so I thought that was crazy. But, yeah, for sure, those guys have immense value playing with McDavid, even if they're not on the top power play unit, which they are not. Yeah. yeah but speak- I do actually – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of... Uh, well, what were you going to say? I was going to say, speaking of that top power play unit... Oh, they no. Yeah, are... yeah, if you're going to stick with Edmonton, stick with Edmonton. I was going to go all yeah, I'll yeah, just, go ahead. Yeah, I'll stick with Edmonton because that power play unit... I mean, I can't get it right here because I'm tweeting out about Nurse being on the top unit. Then they go to Ethan Bear being on the top unit. Last game, they had Nurse back on there. So, I don't know what they're doing, but... As long as one of them, like whoever it is, until Clefbaum comes back, has value. And they both get peripherals too. They play four times next week. So they're, they're, they're two players that I don't know what they're doing with, with that top power play. Nurse is obviously a lot higher owned than Bear is at 4%. So just monitor it. But they, whoever it is has value. Well, it's tough to see that Mike Green injury because he would have got a look. But he didn't. It was like two games, and he didn't get a look at well, all. Well, I mean, if the, if you're going to Ethan Bear, you they would have looked at Green, which is what I'm saying. But tough, tough That's to grab, fair. tough to grab a guy at that deadline, and then lose him. Yeah, similar, right, similar, ahead. similar to uh to Kreider signing Kreider and then losing him. You're like, oh, we're gonna keep this guy for the run, and then he gets injured. But um, yeah, no, well, no, a team that did make a nice little deadline deal. Um, he was sort of a piece going back that was supposed to be kind of inconsequential, but Sonny Milano looks good with the Ducks. Yeah, 1% owned. They're giving him some opportunity there. Guy first game back, he scores an OT winner. He's got some sweet hands, Sonny Milano. So he's a guy, like him and, and Heinen are, are two guys that went over there at the deadline. And, and you know, it's Anaheim. They... They can give these guys the opportunity, and they're making the most of it. Like Heinen, I think I saw he played 20 minutes the other night. 
and Sonny Milano looks good. So, I mean, short-term value, like we said, Anaheim, they usually play the off night. So these are some guys you can look at. Mm-hmm. And speaking of guys fitting in on their new teams, we had a little bit of an argument about this guy. Oh, I know where this is going. John Gabriel Pajot. I said, Mike, that they are going to justify the price and the contract. He's playing a lot. And it's only been three games, but he scored in his debut. And then he endeared himself to his teammates in fighting Jacob Trupa after Trupa absolutely crushed Dal Cole. Okay, I know you want to stroke off Pajot, but let's put it to the side for a second. That hit was insane. Oh, my God. And it was clean, he, too, which I'm glad to see. They didn't fight him. They didn't nothing. It was good. Yeah, no, they did the right thing. You, Truba gets the shoulder right down, square in the chest. Dal Cole has his head down. Perfect hit. I can't believe that there were some people getting pissed off on Twitter about that one. Yeah, people like to complain. Yeah, no, that's like if, if you're a hockey fan, like those are the types of hits you want to see where the guy's not too badly injured, you know, because it's a, it's a clean hit and... But yeah, Pajot steps right in there and fights a guy who probably would dummy him in most fights. Yes. And then Pajot's second game, power play goal. You said he wouldn't be on that top unit. Well, Mike. Oh, man. They just punted Nelson right off of it and said, hey, Pajot, you're our guy. I was surprised by it, but uh, yeah, you're right. They got him right on there, and he's scoring. Yep. And then 20 minutes, last game, so... Uh, his, I told you he retains his value. I, I um I mean maybe I we can't st- put this put this to bed just yet. No, I still don't think he retains it, but he still has value. I'll give you that. Okay, this is what he was doing though. This is what he was doing with, Listen, with Ottawa. I, we had people on Twitter agree with me wholeheartedly that you were completely off your rocker. And I gotta stick up for me and the peeps. So we're gonna say collectively between me and the people that argued against you yes he does still have some value but it's not equivalent to what he had on ottawa i disagree but um okay fair enough let's (laughs) let's move it on (laughs) who do you want to talk about next okay let's go over to kubalik on chicago we should mention he almost had player of the night uh one of the nights this week he put up a hattie i think it was thursday Thursday night actually He's up to 29 goals. He's going to hit 30. You know, as a rookie, quite the year for Kuba League. I feel like, you know what, Chicago scouting, they find these guys in Europe, bring them over, and they're pretty damn good. Yeah, it's a solid little rookie class this year. It's it's nice to see. You know, in, in other years, you might have Kuba League take the Calder down. Uh, he's uh, against uh, some super rookies on defensemen and um, even Merzlikens maybe actually you know what he probably passed Merzlikens at this point I think so I think he's your number three guy there right now but you know what's funny um they for people who had Dylan Strom and I was one of these people earlier I drafted him and I thought all right Dylan Strom some good late round value guy looks terrible and and that power play is Taves Kane Debrinkit who's not had a good year but they still got him on there Duncan Keith, who uh, they're, they're they're really trying to bring back old memories with Keith yeah. there. And then Kubalik. Kubalik has completely jumped Strom on the depth chart in Chicago, as he should. So I don't know I don't know how I feel about Kubalik coming into next year, I guess. I mean you gotta feel good. He's he's one of the top guys there. But 
Kubalik, my guess would be he stays on Chicago, and if he does, he clearly has value. He's going to have 30 gold at least. Yeah, I obviously like his value next year, and I don't see, I don't think Keith lasts too much longer on that top unit. I'd like Adam Boakfast to jump in there for sure next you know, year. After yeah. getting his feet, yeah, after getting his feet wet this year, we'll see. Chicago hasn't actually hasn't been as bad as a lot of people predicted preseason. Speaking of the Blackhawks, ex-Blackhawk Eric Gustafson, as we've said in the in last episode, he got shipped over to Calgary, and what's interesting is. I mean, game one with Giordano, they didn't even have a power play, so we didn't even know what was going to happen. But last game, they did, and it was indeed Gustafson on that top unit with the big boys. So, man, as long as Gustafson stays there, he's 49% owned. He's got some value playing with those guys. Right, and Giordano has returned from his injury. Yeah, like, honestly, I don't know how long that's going to last. That's why kind of picking up Gustafson would worry me because I think it's just a matter of time before they go to Geo. I don't know. Giordano is not the same player he was last year. He has taken a step back this year. I mean, we didn't think that he was going to replicate his uh, his Norris winning season last year. But, I mean, I think if Gustafson, if he can produce and he needs to continue to produce running the, the top power play there, it's the only way he'll stay, but they won't take him off if he, he continues to chug. Yeah, so maybe a good short-term ad before um, before it gets shaken up, if it gets shaken up. And a guy I want to touch on quickly before we move on to any more defensemen here is Kevin Fiala, who had a big week, seven points in three games. He's 48% owned, and they have a, they have a nice schedule this week, does, uh, does Minnesota. Fiala... We touched on him in a previous episode, and he has kept up his good play. Top 10, ranked top 10 in all of fantasy this week. Yeah, yeah, I've been waiting for this. I, we mentioned this before, so I, I won't spend too much time, but this is a guy I'm, I'm really excited for him next year to see what he can do. Full season of being one of the top guys. So, yeah, Fiala, we've seen a few stretches like this where he's been just money on a boring Minnesota team, so... He's one of the bright spots and one of the young players in their top six that they're going to rely on moving forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to defense, Mike, you want to chat about Sergachev a little bit. Yeah, uh, last few games, uh, this is very interesting, but Sergachev has taken Hedman's spot on the top power play unit. And that unit, it consists, well, no longer consists of Stamkos, but it's, you got Cooch there, you got, I think, Johnson... Sorelli and who am I missing if point and point that's right so you got those four guys and you got Sergachev quarterbacking it which is very very interesting Sergachev is 74% owned so he's probably owned in your league most likely but I mean with that position you got some serious value and headman owners you can do nothing but wait till he gets his spot back but I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Alec Martinez, another guy we have to talk about fitting it right in on his new team. He has six points in five games with the Golden Knights, Mike. And he's getting a lot of minutes. He's fitting right in there. He's a great source of blocks. This guy just jumps in front of everything. I like him. I like him there. He's only 29%. Yeah, I think this is, you know, we mentioned about, you know, these short-term bumps for some guys. I think this is what that is. I mean, he's six points in five games. People picking him up for points, it, this oh, is course. going to stop. Like, he's going to become the same point producer he was on L.A. 
But, I mean, picking him up for, you know, some blocks, if that's what you're looking for, that's what you should be picking him up for. Um, but I, I like Alec Martinez for sure. He's getting second power play unit time. But I think he was doing that on LA anyway. Obviously, he's on a better team now, though. Better right. unit for sure. Right, right. It, it, it is a, a short-term bump. But like we said, you got to ride the hot hand at this point in the season. And he's fitting right in with Vegas. So... If you need the help at the bottom of your of your defense as a as a fourth guy right now, or even just a streaming option, I think he's a great place to look right now. Absolutely. Okay, that does it for some some news and notes. Let's look at some injuries. A couple guys we we've mentioned already in uh, in green three to four yeah. weeks. Chris Kreider. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, what's the timeline on Kreider's injury? Well, I think right? he's got a fractured foot, so you're probably looking at the rest of the year. They haven't officially said, I don't believe. But that's a long-term thing. In his place, you got Bucinavich there that may take that top spot on the unit. But you also have Jesper Fast that jumped in for a bit last game. So something to monitor there for sure. But whoever's on that unit, there's some firepower. So they will have value. That's something we're going to tweet out probably after today's game. Because they play again as we speak in a few hours. So definitely something to monitor for there. Yep. Steven Stamkos. Six to eight weeks. He will be undergoing surgery on Monday, tomorrow. So he's done for the regular season. And that puts his return at mid to late April. Uh, a tough, tough player to lose if you are in contention right now and you own Stamkos. Yep, right here. That's me. Hands up. For those of you who can't see me, that's that's me. That's my guy. So in his place, I mean, we've already touched on the power play a little bit. It's a tough pill to swallow for Tampa. And for Stamkos owners, like you said, um, next we have Line a and Olufsen, two guys that their timetable's kind of up in the air. Line a doesn't look too serious, and in his place on that top unit, Roslovic went in there, uh, 1% owned. Winnipeg only plays twice this week, so he's probably not even an option to stream, and, and Line a might even be back next game. So just uh, summon and monitor there for Line a's health, but he should be okay. And then Olofsson got injured last game. We still don't have word on it. But, I mean, Buffalo. Do you really want to pick up anyone for Buffalo? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Skinner gets on the top power play and does nothing. So, don't worry about that. Okay, let's get to a couple questions. But first, we have to shout out our sponsor, GT Radial mm-hmm. Tires. And GT Radial's Champiro Touring Tire. It's an all-season touring tire that's designed for the latest passenger cars and crossover vehicles. It combines precise handling and control with a quiet and comfortable ride. Backed by a 100,000-kilometer limited warranty, the new Shampiro Touring delivers great mileage for an outstanding value. Beautiful. Okay, first question comes from at Patrick underscore Neron. Hey, boys, what are your thoughts on Farabee, Thomas, and Neches as sleepers for next year? Thanks again, and great work. Thank you, Patrick, for the nice words. Eth, what do you think about these three? Rank them. Well, before I rank them, I like them all as sleepers for next year uh, without digging too much into the numbers. I mean, I know uh, all three are first-round picks, and they haven't really taken off just yet. Farabee, I believe, is the youngest of them. So if I had to rank them, I'll, I'll say Farabee first. Really? And then... Netches second and then Robert Thomas third which is Thomas is probably a guy that I've been very is a guy that I've been very high on and I do think that he's going to break out very soon 
Well, I think for this too is you got to look and see their kind of outlook to get on that top power play unit. And but that being said, I think they're all in similar situations. Like they have better players in front of them. For me, I like Thomas number one. I like Netches number two, and I like Fairby number three. Just from what I've seen this year, uh, I've been I've watched a bunch of those teams' games, and that's just the eye test sort of tells me that. So that's my opinion. But yeah, they they are all three good sleepers, and you kind of heard our ranking right there. So thanks for the question. Yeah, hold on before we move on. There's a, like there's a hair of difference between these guys. I would say they all have like almost exactly the same likelihood to have a breakout season next year like it's very very close and i don't really think you can look at opportunity of getting on the top power play i don't think that matters much because if a guy breaks out and you know and he shows that he has the talent and and is good enough to be on a top unit then he's gonna be on the top unit fair yeah so but i think just based on where you can get these guys, you'll probably get Farabee the the latest. Like where they'll be ranked, it'll probably go Thomas, Netches, Farabee. So Right, right. Farabee might even Which might make Farabee the most valuable maybe, sleeper, maybe right? Man, no. They they look like Netches looks so good. I, I don't know. I do like Netches a lot too. But no, good question. They're like you said, they're all they're all good options, but I hope we helped you out there a little bit with the ranking we did. Yeah, and for everyone else, don't forget about those guys. I mean, if you you should always be pre-ranking your players before drafts, uh, and we're looking ahead to next year out now. But uh, don't forget about those guys in the late rounds. Okay, the next question comes from at yco six underscore insider. He said, uh, "Fun question for the next podcast. Between the two of you, who would have more fantasy value?" Okay, so we should preface this. That's our coach that uh, sent that question in. So let's go. Eth, you think you got more value than me? As players, um, oh, well, I mean, I, I do snap those draws back. So if you got face Okay, okay. Let's league, assume that you have all of something. the categories, okay? So goals, I think you'll agree that it's me. I am a goal scorer. Fine. Assists would go to you. You usually set me up. He, who else sets you up? I think Brian's not setting you up. No, well, sometimes. He's got a few apples on all my goals. His shot's a bit of a muffin. No, he a complete muffin. That's why he passes it. Um, And then uh, points, honestly, last couple years, I've been better. No. No, that's not true. Okay, we'll keep it it as a wash on points, okay? You don't want me to bring up the career statistics now, do you? No. Career, well, you... <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. That's fine. You can bring it up. I have way more games played than you because I'm more durable. I haven't missed one game due to injury. Yeah, you have. No, I haven't. I don't know. But let's keep going. So you face off your centerman. Fine, you get face-off wins. I mean, if there was hitting, you'd probably get more hits than me because you, you like to get in the corners a lot more than I do. Yeah, you, that's for the listeners. If okay, you know what? Let's compare. I'll compare you to a player. I know exactly okay, who and, you're uh, gonna say. Phil Castle. Yeah, I'm not Phil though. Yeah, it's your Phil. I don't like hot. And dogs. I know, and I know the guys who know you are nodding right now. Yep, you Castle. That's you, Mike. You're afraid of contact. You don't like getting in the corners. But if the guys find you in the slot, you're snapping it home. That's you. 
back checking. Oh, I'll, I'll give you that. You back check a bit. No, I'm better than Phil. I'm more like um, I think I'm like a Sagan, and I'm just as good looking. So that's kind of where <laughs> okay. I think. <laughs> okay. That's kind of where I think I fit in. He's Castle, everybody. You can give me one, too. Don't make it too flattering. Like, you got to rip on me a little bit. Yeah, you're Peugeot. No. I mean, I was yeah. thinking I was thinking if I – more of a Crosby, but that's what I'm saying. Don't oh, make it too man. flattering. No, you are you're, – you're a good two-way player. You definitely block a lot of shots, so I'll give you that. But I think we're very – we're two very different players, which kind of – Makes us uh, makes us click when we're out there. I don't remember Pajot being over point per game, but okay, that that one's a okay, shot. Well, I mean, at least Kessel prior to this year has had some great numbers. True, I I think I I just didn't like the Kessel comparison because he's having a crap year. I don't like that. I think I'm a little bit more dynamic than Kessel though. Like, come on, a little bit. Okay. Well, I'm glad we had that talk. So let's move on to the week ahead. Four gamers, Anaheim, Chicago, Colorado, Edmonton, Minnesota, Nashville, Pittsburgh, San Jose, Tampa. Two gamers, Arizona, Florida, LA, Winnipeg. And the rest of the league has three heavy nights, very heavy nights this week. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, as per the usual. So, again, guys, this late in the season, you're just looking to maximize your man games. The only team that plays Monday and Wednesday this week is Colorado, and they actually play all four off nights. They have a great schedule. Uh, they go at Detroit Monday, home to Anaheim on Wednesday. They're in Vancouver on Friday, and then they're in San Jose on Sunday. Two of those games are also against teams coming off of back-to-back, I think Anaheim and San Jose. So, friggin' awesome schedule. There should be the first place you're looking at for a streamer. Right. You got Samuel Girard. 23% owned. He's got four points in his last three. Zadorov, if you're looking for hits, 23%. Nemesnikov, he hasn't done much since he's been over, eh? No, not much. I'm get, not getting a ton of ice time either. No, very surprising, but um, he's maybe the last of these options I'm looking at at 9%. There's JT Column for 4%. Got a little bit of a bump. Good on you for mentioning him last week. He had a good week, and he's on that top power play unit. Tyson Jost, also on that top power play unit. It seems like the the trade chatter swirling around his name prior to the deadline was maybe affecting him because he's been great since. He's got four points in his last three games. And then Jonas Donskoy at 9% owned. Burakovsky's day-to-day right now. When he gets back into the lineup, things may change around a bit, but that's kind of the outlook on Colorado right now. Yeah, so Colorado should get, if you're in a deep league especially, they should just get wiped this week. And I'm, I'm talking about the, yeah. wiping their players off of the board because, I mean, I, two weeks in advance, I picked up Comfort for this week just because of how valuable any Colorado player is this week with an easy schedule and playing on all the off nights four times. You don't You don't see that too often. Yeah, so... Definitely, you guys, you should be looking at. And then if you're punting the Monday, you can get Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. There's Anaheim, Calgary, and Vancouver who play those three nights. Henrique, we mentioned before, 29%. Milano, Heinen, we we mentioned those before, 1% owned. (laughs) Christian Juice, 
they're actually giving him the top power play, which is so funny because we talked about him last week. <laughs> um, not wow. even as a player, just because of his name. But yeah, Dallas Eakins, they're going to give him a good look on the power play. So I thought that was interesting. He's 0% owned, but... Don't uh, expect much. I don't know. No. Don't expect much, but interesting that he's there. Um, and then Michael Backlund, 41% owned right now. Holy crap, is this guy hot. Yeah, wow. 19 points in his last 12 games. I don't know where this came from. But uh, is he their top center? Like, <laughs> I know he's not, obviously, but, man, he's playing uh, like it. Yeah, he's been solid. That that line with uh, Manjapane, Kachuk, they're rolling right now. Big time. Um, yeah, and Manjapane is another guy you can look at. 9% owned, 4 points in his last 4 games, and he's getting plenty of ice time, like I said, with those two guys. Gustafson, who we've mentioned, 49% owned. And then you're looking at Vancouver. Toffoli's only 59% owned, but just still low. If he's available, nab him up for, for those Wednesday, Friday, Sunday for that streak there because Toffoli's a player on Vancouver right now. And then you got Pearson, 33% owned, playing with Horvat, And then Tyler Myers at 15% owned will get you great peripherals. Okay, then some good four-game schedules. I am looking right back at Colorado. Pavel Francouz has been playing some great hockey. Yeah, since Grubauer's been hurt, he's come right in, and, and he's been great. So, jeez, you got to own this guy. 64% owned. Six and, and, in a row. He's won six in a row. Yeah, wow. And then, so it makes, he's better be owned for this week. It's probably a big week, and Colorado, like you said, good schedule. So he's got to be owned. And then Minnesota also has a great schedule, and Stalock has really emerged as like probably the guy over Dubnik right now. He's only twenty seven percent owned. He needs to be owned this week. I saw you picked him up, nice, because um, they they got some good games this week, and yeah, twenty seven percent owned. He's probably available. Yeah, twenty seven percent owned. Easy schedule. They're pushing for the playoffs, and he's basically the starter. Like you said, he needs to be owned. Yeah, so two options there you definitely want to look at. Other goalies that are probably owned are the Carolina guys with Forsberg and Delkovich, but don't look there this week. They have a tough schedule at Philly on Thursday, at the Island on Saturday, that's the New York Islanders, and then at Pitt on Sunday. So stay away from the Carolina goalies and make sure you look at the two we mentioned because, like I said, good schedules there. Yeah, three and four, and those are some big games for Carolina too. So, uh, yeah, yeah suggest not owning them but monitor for sure those are uh, that that's these are key games going forward for Carolina yeah and then I want to touch on uh, so what I usually do is I'll look at um, the Saturday Sunday back-to-back teams just to see kind of what's out there in terms of goalie spot starts and boy is there a good one this week you, you might even think about picking this one up in advance because Tampa plays Detroit on Sunday after playing on Saturday, and that seems like it's really going to be McElhinney's spot. Uh, you got to pick him up. 6% owned. He could win you the week on a Sunday, so make sure you own McElhinney for that game. And if you think that that McElhinney start could be big for your head-to-head matchup this week, then maybe, yeah, go ahead and pick him up in advance because in a lot of pools, I believe this is the last week of regular season. Yeah, if you have a three-round system, uh, eight teams make the playoffs, then yes, it is. Uh, it would be. So definitely an important week. 
That's if you're in a head-to-head league. Right. All right, let's move on to Battle of the Bargains. You are up 9-8, like we figured you would be, or like we did mention on, on Monday's episode. Yep. So this week is still kind of up in the air, so stay tuned to our Instagram and Twitter for the winner of that. But let's get into this. I get first pick? Uh, yeah, uh, I picked Achari first last week, so it's you. Yes, you did. So I'm not going to waste no time. I am going to go with Tyler Johnson. 12% owned. Tampa does not have an easy schedule this week, but I like TJ. They need him to produce some offense with Stamkos out, so give me Johnson. Wow, I was uh, I was looking at Tampa too, but I going a little bit lower. I just got a feeling about this guy. I like Yanni Gord this week. Yanni. Yeah, so we're going to see a battle of the lightning. Okay, nice pick. Battle of the lightning this week. Um, and Anything you want to mention before we go here? No, I'm good. It's a very big week in a lot of pools. We're winding down here. It's exciting, an exciting time. March is going to be just wild in the NHL, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And ask us any questions that you have at all. We're always ready to help you guys with uh, any fantasy dilemmas you might have. So good luck this week, everybody. Yeah, good luck, guys. Take care.